barely. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's an easy riff to learn. I just have to apply. <laughs> apply I can play. I can play it in my head all day. I can play the air oh. guitar. Hey, your uh, your vocals are still very well. Are they? Yeah. Well then. If anybody else wants you, just go ahead and go in the chat to see if you can with your or not. If it's just me, let me know. If I start whispering, please don't start whispering. Be worse. <laughs> like, let me, like he started starting to sound like NPR. Let me whisper in your ears. <laughs> let me see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go here. Let's go watch myself live and just see what I can hear. <laughs> You're gonna have so much like feedback. <laughs> have fun with that one. So while Jared is figuring out his side of things how is everyone doing tonight jared you and i have been busy bees so where have you been traveling lately who me mm -hmm. traveling yeah man. dude i've been going uh let's see san francisco a couple times went to sao paulo brazil uh-huh uh, that's brazil that's always that's... yeah that's always a fun trip yeah. Um, so when you flush the toilet, does it go in the counterclockwise direction? It does, but since we're weird. south of the equator, like you're looking at it from the other side, so it's mm. actually the same. So like if you were looking, it's it flushes the same way. I was trying to make that funny, but it didn't work. Huh. Yeah. I was no, sure it if flushed. it was south of the equator, it flushes counterclockwise versus clockwise here. Nope. Ah, interesting. It does. So it's a fallacy. Got it. It is. It is. <laughs> It just flushes the exact same way. Oh, boy. And then, uh, let's see, I just got back from Rome. Rome, Italy. That was pretty fun. Went out and had some pasta and some bought a few bottles of wine back with me. Oh, nice. So, yeah. That's got to be a nice little perk, uh, like being able to travel like outside of uh, like the U.S. and being able to bring back. like. Uh, do you still have to go through customs or like do you get a pass? No, we still have we hundred percent. Yeah, we got to go through customs. We we still got to declare um, if we bring stuff in. It's just and it's just kind of up to the agent whether or not they they charge us a duty tax or something. Most of the time, I've I've actually never been charged a duty tax um, for whatever I brought in. I've I've bought some uh, like Louis Vuitton bags and stuff for mm -hmm. a friend of mine, and and it they didn't charge us anything for it, so. Uh, I brought back beer and wine and all kinds nice. of stuff. So that's cool. But that uh, is cool. I've I've had some uh, beer from um, Madrid before, and that was that was really good. And um, I think it's as soon as you open it, you have to like consume it because like here in the states, like there's like preservatives stuff that can last long, but there like they have no preservatives in their beer because they're their rules are a lot more strict about like what they can put in their um, in their uh, consumer goods, and it was absolutely delicious. And it was so fresh. I was like, God, it's one of the freshest beers I've ever had in my life. Like even like through like a um, a fresh tap and everything, it was still just blew it out of the water. So right, uh, I actually have the shirt. Um, I'll have to wear it next time, and it has a. It's like their. Yeah, everything like, has its logo, right? And their logo is like a drunk animal. And uh, I got a drunk um, 
elephant, pink elephant sitting on a barrel. No. <laughs> it was really nice. cool. It was really good. I really it was, it was really cool. Can you um, if so? There's a couple of people that were saying they couldn't hear me. So let me know if you can hear me now. I I turned it up. I, to me, it sounds like it's too loud. But if it sounds good to everybody, just give me a thumbs yeah. up in the uh, in the chat there. Cool. How's it you sound? Do sound you? you sound a lot better now. Uh, okay. But definitely at the start, you were you were almost non-existent, sir. Non-existent. What? Yeah. Yeah, man. Right. I'm telling you, we're here well, for you. <laughs> yeah. Give me a thumbs up if you guys can hear me okay now. Um, I wouldn't want you to miss out on my my pearly little beautiful voice. All right, care, care, careful then. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, whiskey with an agent—that's what we're doing. So it's episode twenty-one tonight. Yep. Um, hey, cool! I got a perfect and a thumbs up. Sweet. Excellent. Um, so whiskey with an agent—it's episode twenty-one tonight. We're going to be talking about what is—I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, it might be the the most important part of buying a house is trying to get uh, your loans in order, which comes uh-huh. with, you know, trying to figure out what debt you have and credit scores. And, you know, you might have student loans. You might have all kinds of stuff. So that's what we're going to be discussing tonight. I have yep. got a ton of notes um, that we can go through. I'm sure you do, too, Chris. Yep. And it will we're we will try to go as depth as we can with our knowledge and understanding, because um we don't have a lender present and they're definitely the ones that would really be beneficial, oh, yeah. but we wanted to have this conversation nonetheless with you guys. So, uh, I, I think as we dive into that, cause we're going to hammer about loans, uh, debt and credit scores and how they all interact with each other. Yep. So, um, without further ado, we must introduce what we are drinking. Sir. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight? So go ahead. Yeah. You go first this time. Okay. So what I got here is uh, a good buddy of mine. Shout out to Hunter. Uh, got uh, brought this over because uh, we had like a, 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 a friend's dinner, and they they brought over Blade and Blow, uh, uh, Bow, <laughs> Blade and Bow. <laughs> and <laughs> all right, then. it doesn't sound so good when you say Blade and Blow. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say too. Way. Blade and Blow. Yeah, uh, Blade and Bow. And it was really good. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, and it is 91 proof, so it's 45.5% alcohol. It comes with this really cool key. Um, I've heard a lot about this. And as you can see, we actually consumed quite a bit that night. And it was a lot of fun. And let's see here. And around each side of it is definitely like one key, two keys. Um, this is five keys, three keys, four keys. And the bottle itself is like pretty, pretty much a Pentagon. There's five sides to it or six sides to it. Nice. So that's what I'm having. Nice. Well, I've got a couple of oldie but goodies. I haven't bought a new bottle because I'm like, I'm uh, looking at my collection I've got over there and I'm like, probably should just stick with some stuff that I've got. So I'm going to probably start off with the, uh, the piggyback. I bought that one. That was per your recommendation. Uh-huh. The uh, whistle pig piggyback. This is good stuff. Um, Great stuff. And that's yes. the, that's the cheapest version of it too. It is. Like, I don't remember how much it was though. It was, it was like 40 something bucks. Yeah. 40 bucks. Something like that. Yeah. It's not that much. Um, but then I've still got the, uh, the basil Hayden that I might, I might, uh, have a couple of those too. Yeah, that, that's so, some good stuff right there too. I think that's you always, something I also recommended. What's that? 
Yes. I think I recommend it too. Yeah. Uh, you oh, always oh. have some sort of some sort of story about where you got yours or somebody gave it to you or you were like hiking somewhere and some old man told you to be like, oh, you got to try this one. And I went out and tried it. It was amazing. Here yes. I am. I'm just yeah. like, all right, I've got this one and I've got that one. That's what I'm drinking. Yep. Uh, I like to keep things interesting. So I got my friend, uh, my, my buddy Alex Cole into some whiskeys. And the other night he texted a, a group of us. Uh, it's just like uh, he had a glass of whiskey. I'm like, oh, what, what are you drinking over there? He said um, uh, it was uh, Buffalo Trace. You just can't go wrong with Buffalo Trace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they serve that on... Uh... On the United flights, Buffalo Trace, not to the pilots. Yeah, it's but. it's hard. It's hard to come by. Um, to to be it? honest with you, yeah, it's a little difficult to come by on a consumer level. I think they're starting to finally catch up. But um, mm. I'm a I'm a big fan of like Joe Rogan. If anybody else is, that's where Buffalo Trace stock just went because oh really um, it became uh, one of one of his sponsors, and he he always has like a bottle of it like right there on his uh, on his on his desk that, where he uh, talks and everything. And uh, it's it's pretty good. So I have right. I have I just we just finished a bottle of it the other night. We were making old fashions out of it, and luckily I still had one more bottle because <laughs> it's hard oh. to come by. So I ended up getting two bottles. Was what it was great. Buffalo so, Trace. Yep, that's another one to try, sir. Uh, so cheers. I'll keep that one in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers to everybody watching. Cheers to you, Chris. Yeah. Cheers to you, Jerry, and your it's busy been... schedule. Yes, two, uh, I think two or three weeks now. Um, yes, yeah, been three weeks. We tried to do one last week. Mm-hmm. I was down in Sao Paulo, and and uh, you know what? My internet down there it actually wasn't it wasn't the greatest. Wasn't so even if we wanted to do a show, we had actually planned on doing a show while I was down there, and then we we just both of us just kind of fell behind, and then you know mm-hmm. we decided it wasn't it wasn't going to work. Plus, my internet down there just wasn't super fast in the hotel, yeah. so. No. But I uh, still drink to our honor, though. <laughs> of course, no, believe me, I did too. Uh, it looks like John over there is having um, some old elk, or is that what you're recommending, John? Let, let us know because I'll I try haven't it. heard of that one, old elk. Uh, I feel like I had, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I'll have to yeah. look for that one. All right, so um, talking about loans and credit so yeah loans credit debt we're going to talk about how to do your how to calculate your debt to income ratio uh because that's that's pretty much i mean that's the meat and potatoes of what they're going to look at they're basically they're going to pull what your income is they're going to pull look at all your expenses and then they're going to calculate that and there's certain numbers that you have to uh, or certain marks that you have to hit in order to qualify for certain loans. Otherwise, you start getting into like a case-by-case sort of situation. Um, but so one of the questions that, that Chris and I get, you know, or I'm sure you've gotten a lot. I know I get it all the time, you know, talking about student loans, because that's, you know, for a lot of people, that's one of the first type of loans that people get. I mean, aside from maybe they get a credit card or something like that, what uh you kind of have a funny face looking what's going on yeah because you like i i think my it for me it's breaking up a little bit um i don't know about everybody else but it's like your first type of loan and i think i just kind of misheard and that's why i like just did like a funky face so oh gotcha don't mind me nah. um so yeah student loans and i don't know maybe my internet is not 
where it needs to be. Um, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So I was getting text messages and whatever. So yeah, student loans. So that's kind of where people start out. <laughs> and I don't know where I'm going with that. I need to student have loans is one of the first loans that people get. And it's true. Like you get a federal loan, um, and, uh, Pell grant loans, and there's all kinds of different types of student loans that people, uh, get when you're and this, you're right. It's the first loan. And the thing is like, what sucks is that no one really kind of educates you on loans. Um, parents kind of, my parents didn't really do the best jobs when it comes to loans or educating me. So it's, and how does student loans, so since we're on that topic, like, how do student loans really affect you and your ability to uh, purchase? So at first, when it comes to loans, we have to understand that when a lender asks you how much debt you have, they don't necessarily care about how much like your student loan, whether you have $20,000 or $150,000. Right. And if you have a car loan, that is uh, $40,000. And if you have a, uh, a another private loan, a personal loan, um, for ten thousand dollars they don't care about the amount all right they care about what's the monthly revolving incorrect right? or that monthly revolving payment for yep. those things. and, that's and that was really go, go ahead Jared. that was that was one of the things like before i got into real estate and before i really started digging into how people get loans and what they're looking at and and talking to lenders and mortgage brokers like that was my mind thought or my mindset was they're looking at my total, my total debt, and then they're they're taking my total income, like maybe on a yearly basis, and that's my debt to income ratio. But 100%, that's not not what it is. Just what what Chris was saying. They're looking at so basically, whenever you take out a loan, that loan is going to have a minimum payment. That's what they're yes. looking at. They're looking at your monthly minimum payment for yeah. that particular loan, and that's what they're using compared to your monthly income your gross income, not your net, your gross. So that's before tax. So they're looking at your gross income and your monthly uh, expenses. And then that's how they're actually calculating the, your debt to income ratio. So that was one of the things like for me, I, I didn't, I honestly didn't know that until I got into real estate, how they actually calculated. Yeah, yeah me this. too. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It yeah. wasn't until I got into real estate. So I'm like, oh, that's how they do right. so I thought the that's same thing. They... It's a very common, uh, um, you know, mis mis misunderstood element of, you know, loans and uh, yeah. getting getting uh, approval for a home. And so to go back to this, so now that you understand is actually how student loan or just how loans in general and how the mortgage works, student loans is there's two types of student loans in the sense of you're either paying on it or it's deferred. So if you're paying on it, that monthly payment, whether it be a hundred dollars, fifty dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, or if or more, then they're, they're going to calculate that. However, if your if your student loan is deferred, if your student loan is deferred, therefore you're not making any payments on it. Unfortunately, um, the way they have they have to calculate that because at some point in your in your future of your mortgage, your student loans is going to come out of deferment, right? So they're going to take 1% of the total balance, and then they're going to go ahead and divide it by the total. And then that's what you're, um, or times it, they're going to times it by the total uh, amount. And then that's how much they're going to calculate as a future um, debt. So again, they, if you're, 
if they give you a max loan saying that you can only afford $1,200, anything above that, you're going to be house broke. You're not going to be able to afford. You're not going to be able to afford to live. And then if your student loan comes out of deferment and now your payments are $500, and at mm -hmm. that point, you can no longer afford groceries. You can no longer afford your house. You can no longer afford anything else. You're going to be really stressed out. And a lot of times people uh, would rather pay other for other things other than their house. So they have to calculate um, at least 1% of your total student debt as a, a monthly revolving debt. So even if you're, you're going through the student loan forgiveness, whether, and um, there are, there are many different types of loan forgiveness uh, updates. You know, and I was, I was looking at some of those and a lot of them seem, you know, the ones that they're, they're putting out now for the, the loan forgiveness it, a lot of them have to do with like if you're a teacher or like it's job specific or industry specific almost um, from what I've seen. And have you seen something different other than, than so that? There, as there's different types of um, and thing is you can go on. Uh, in fact, I kind of want to share my screen here because I got a student uh, here. Let me go ahead and pull up this. So, so there's, there's but, different types of forgivenesses, cancellations, right. and discharges. All right. There's student, there's the teacher loan forgiveness. There's a closed school discharge, um, which is kind of very common uh, that I've seen with a lot of my clients. They're like, well, my, my, my school closed. And so therefore you can kind of get that off. Uh, Perkins loans, cancellation and discharge, total and permanent disability discharge, discharge due to death discharge and bankruptcy, which is in very rare cases, uh, right. borrower defense to repayment. Um, there's also, if you're a public servant after 10 years and it doesn't, I found out the other day, it doesn't have to be consecutive 10 years. Um, it, you can be, you know, uh, you can go out of a public servant for say two years and then come back into it. It's a, it's right. also, it's also, it's a little vague too about the number of payments and then after that 10 year mark or that number of payments, it will get dropped off um, unpaid. So if, oh, here's something that's really cool um, in regarding the most recent student loan forgiveness that if when the pandemic hit, everyone, everyone's payment got deferred, including the interest, the interest never stopped uh, paying. Right. So you, it's essentially, right. you have the ability to pay your student loans interest free. So it's going straight to principal. Um, which in a lot of cases is extremely beneficial because interest rates on our on student loans are so high, it's ridiculous. So um, if you actually made payments throughout the pandemic during its deferment period, which ends, I think, December 30th or 31st of this year, the last time um, they've extended it, you can actually get a reimbursement of all the payment that you've done. Oh, wow. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, eligible for parent borrowers. Uh, and so actually I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Jared, if you could post this into, if you feel like you qualify for any of this, go to this, uh, website that Jared's going to post here in the chat and you can go through and see if you qualify because there are special circumstances that you can go through and actually qualify for student loan forgiveness. And mm -hmm. my wife and I, cause we both have still student loans. We, yep. um, based on the Biden's newest one, um, whether you agree with it or not, I don't necessarily care. We're not talking about that. If you, we, we both, can, we both qualify 
for student loan forgiveness uh, for under the Biden's uh, plan. And if you go through this, um, through the student aid, you'll be able to find out uh, find out more about it. And I actually found, and if you want to know a little bit more, because there are, uh, I found this article from uh, Forbes regarding five major updates on Biden's student loan forgiveness initiative. And I want to share this with you because Forbes is a pretty reputable site. Um, and if you could share that as well, Jared, that'd be awesome for everyone. Yeah. So the more people can understand and know, and honestly, just take advantage of this. So you're going to be, you're going to do just well. Um, and that's, so do that's you have, you have student loans or you, do you think you're going to qualify for any of the forgiveness? Yeah. 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 So based on the, based on the information, I'll qualify for up to the 10th for the 10,000. Uh, cause I did not nice. receive any Pell grants. My wife will qualify for the ten thousand, and she qualifies for the Pell Grant because she got some money on that uh, for the Pell Grant. Um, and then, so it's also like, did you get married or not get married? Um, they look through, I think, uh, up to twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. So of either of those years, not both of those years, either of those years, um, right? If you if your income, whether it be individual. Which uh, individually is one hundred and twenty-five thousand uh, for an income, and together two hundred fifty thousand. So either or, because we got married in uh, twenty twenty-one, um, and we filed for we did our taxes individually and together for twenty twenty-one, and our incomes didn't, whether it be individual or uh, together, it didn't supersede uh, that income limit. So we both technically qualify for both of these uh for, for these forgiveness and it'll be extremely helpful right yep. how did the so for me like one of the you know when you're in college you're going to co you know you're getting in mm -hmm. trying to figure out how you're going to pay for it or going to school or whatever you're going to do and you're taking out loans um for me like well, i wasn't really thinking about the long-term effect of haven't, I mean, obviously you got to pay them back, but then how that was going to affect my financial situation to eventually buy a house and how much you can save and, and everything mm -hmm. like that. So for me, it, it's sort of, you know, having student loans. So, you know, if anybody's, I don't know if anybody that's in college is watching this, but really think about the future impact that it's going to have. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because, like I said, for me, when I was when I graduated uh, graduated college and I was getting into the the airlines, I still didn't really have you know paying all these student loans and the money I was making at the airlines wasn't very much. I didn't have enough money to go out and buy a house. I had a hard time saving money because majority of it was going towards bills and paying uh, paying my loan. student loans. So. Yeah. You really just you know, need to call them. Like you, you need to call them and be like, Hey, listen, like I want to continue paying my student loans, but this payment is killing me now. Um, yeah. And if the servicer, depending on who your servicer is, a lot of people don't know this is that you can actually request a transfer servicer. So you can, um, and find somebody that, so if you're, if your payment is, you know, astronomical, um, I've heard of some pay payments are like as high as like a thousand dollars for student loans. Oh, yeah. some, some of them, some of them uh, require your payments to be income driven. So if you meet right. a certain amount, whether you're married or not, 
if you're if you're not married, it's one payment. But if you're married, it's going to increase because technically your your income is increased, which is freaking ridiculous in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just because my income, our together income increased, doesn't mean like I should rely on my you spouse should... to pay for my student loans long before we ever met. It's freaking right. ridiculous. Um, so I was going to kind of go with this. So if your payment is like, say over a thousand dollars, which is ridiculous and it's killing you. If that, if that servicer is not willing to, um, like reduce or work with you to a more manageable one, then go ahead and call, um, call around, call other servicers, just Google student loan servicers, call student, um, uh, Nelnet as one that I use. I love Nelnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and They're, just be like, hey, yes, good. I would like to uh, discuss transferring my loan, my student loans from this servicer to the, to you, right. but I want to negotiate terms now. Uh, yep. Are you income-based or can we negotiate? Because right now I'm paying X. This is killing me. I'd really like to pay, you know, YZ. What, yeah. Could yep. you do that? Yes, no. Awesome. So in that way, you can actually increase your affordability if you're looking to purchase a house. Right. So there are ways to do this. We just, unfortunately, we're not educated to play the game that has been provided us um, behind right. those closed doors. One of the so, things I did was I, I went back. So I mean, I had paid off a couple of the loans, but I still had several different ones from a couple of different servicers. And I went in and I, I refinanced. Essentially, refire consolidate. I guess is the right term. Is I consolidated a couple of those loans into one ended up being a little bit cheaper interest rate and it lowered my payment uh, just a little bit. So that's, that's something else that, you know, if you're, if you're having a hard time, especially if you have multiple servicers, you know, two or three that you're making payments out to all these different people consolidating it into yes. one thing, it yeah. just, it makes it easier just to, you know, to make the payments for it. It, and... it really is. Cause if you have one servicer, that just makes things easier for in terms of paper trail too. Um, right. That way, right. because when one of the things that you'll have to do, um, if you're making student loan payments and, um, one thing, one of the things they have to do is the lender is going to ask for some of these documentations. When, when, when Bethany and I bought this house, we, um, I had to provide student loan information. So if you have mm-hmm. say like four servicers, right? Uh, that's 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 tedious because it's not yeah. a hey send me this information. It's more like wait twenty four hours because we can't email it to you. We have to mail it. Fuck. Okay, that's what I gotta do. So um, that's one of the reasons why I highly recommend Nelnet. Nelnet is awesome. All of their paperwork, documents, transcripts, and stuff like that is all online. It's super easy super friendly uh and it's uh it's there they have been able to work with me on all kinds of loans uh, or restructuring through over the years so it's um i recommend them so uh kind of going back to it the so just kind of remember if your payment is deferred one percent has to be calculated and that's something that you can do easily so say like if you're um I'm going to bust up my calculator. So say if my loan is $50,000, you know, right. times 0.1%, that's $500 a month that right. the lender is going to have to have to calculate. However, mm-hmm. if you get it, if the lender is saying, call them, find out if you can get 
out of deferment, how much could that payment be? Okay, call them. Uh, yeah, we can actually get your payment to about two hundred dollars a month. So at five hundred minus, you know, just simple math, two minus two hundred, you just freed up three hundred dollars worth of income. Now three hundred dollars buys you a lot of house, a lot of extra house. A lot of people don't oh, yeah. know that either. You can yep. purchase a lot more home with three hundred dollars a month extra of income. So yep. um, it it it's really finding a lender that knows these creative outlets so someone who's experienced and also an institute that has creative ways but there's right. honestly no way around to not calculating your student loans whether right. you're in the middle of getting it discharged uh, because your school closed it doesn't matter unfortunately your name is right. still tethered to this loan you, they still yep. have to calculate it until it's literally removed Yep. Um, and so it's and one of the things you know the game. you got to be responsible with not just student loans but all your loans but i mean student loans are probably the easiest ones to kind of let go to the wayside and just not you know there's a lot of defaults there's a lot you know i it sounds like maybe you were in that situation i know i was in that at one point you know i yeah. just defaulted it was just one of those situations where it's like holy cow man there's just there's it's so much money going out and I just, yeah. I don't know how to deal with it. And I just kind of yeah. looked the other way for a little bit. And next thing you know, it's like, Oh, I'm getting letters about, you know, Hey, you defaulted on your loan. It's your credit score is, is tanking. Uh, and yeah. so don't just, I was, don't let that happen. I was that, you know? I was that naive person. Um, in yeah. my, in my mid twenties, I did yep. not care. Whatsoever. Well, if you think about it, man, you, these, my, my these, credit tanked. Yeah. These banks no, are lending, you know, these, these people, you know, banks are lending money to people that are 18, yes. 19 years old that, <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're giving them yeah. like 70 grand, depending on, you know, what college you go to, but like yeah. a local college here, it's, it's 70 grand for the year. They're giving them yeah. 70 grand. It's like, oh yeah, here you go. Here, Children. 18 yeah. year old, 19 year old. And on top of that, let's go ahead and, oh, if you don't pay, then we're going to go ahead and you know, stiphon from or garnish your wages. We're going to garnish your social security. Right. You're retired? Oh, I don't care. Right. And it was crazy. Like, even beyond death, like, in some cases, they're forcing yeah. of kin to pay for their freaking student loan. Yeah. Like, it's so mind-boggling. They'll even, these, these companies they'll even take it out of your... They'll even take it out of your tax return. I had that happen to oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, uh, they'll garnish a couple of anything times. they can. Yep. And they do not care if it no. wipes you out. Yeah. Like if I like you, if you only get twelve hundred dollars a month, and I like the student loans, they don't care, you know. And so it's just twelve hundred dollars a month, and that's all that you're allowed to live off of. Yeah. And uh, the government's going to come through and take a thousand dollars, leaving you with two hundred dollars a month. They don't care right uh, they're gonna get their money you just have to be you have to be able to or have the mindset to call them and just say hey i can't make the payments and they'll work they'll honestly work with you no different than they, yeah. any other them. lender on some sort of loan if you call them up and and you know just honestly like hey i i cannot make this payment the bank wants their interest you know they want their money so they're gonna work with you to try to to work it out so yeah Biggest thing is, so you what we're let it get that far. You can't yeah, do just don't let it get far. that far because in the end, yeah. at the end of the day, in the end result is you want to be able to have a good credit score and buy, buy a house or buy property or use money to invest in a property or real estate or whatever the case may be. 
Um, and there's there's more than just student loans. We've kind of talked about student loans, you know, quite a bit. But I mean, it's that, it that goes with it's a he- it's a heavy subject, and a lot of people have questions about it, especially with the new student right. loan forgiveness that uh, Biden has put out. Uh, right. So it, a lot of people, and um, actually, how we got onto the subject is from a friend of mine, Caitlin, and she's just like, "You really need to talk about this." I'm just like. You're right. <laughs> so yeah. here we are. And so I think it's yeah. super important because that's probably the biggest unknown yet talked about, but not talked about enough in detail or nuance for the public. Because everyone right. just talks about student loan forgiveness, but no one wants to have in-depth, detailed, long, long conversations about it. And that's what's so frustrating, I think, for the the general public when it comes to this subject is that no one's willing to talk about it in detail through the thick, um, having those complex and difficult discussions, because when you have difficult discussions, that's when you come up with solutions. Um, and then if you face your issues head on, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be cupcakes and butterflies and rainbows. It's going to be a grinder because you have to literally dig yourself out of the grave that you dug um, and no one else is going to grab you or help you. Um, and unfortunately, this current student loan forgiveness is a one time thing. It really is like it's no it's not going to be something that's going to be there perpetually. So like, yeah, we're going to eliminate, you know, you know, a couple billion dollars worth of debt, I would imagine. But all what about the next people who are coming up in the school system right now there nothing's going to happen to them like they're not going to get this this advantage so it's it's kind of it's kind of shitty it's shitty you know um yeah but that's you know that's just uh again like you know we live uh in a game of monopoly and you have to play it in order to win it so and the only way to win it is to learn it learn it yeah just be be familiar with, yeah. understand what the risks are and how it can how it can help you, or how mm-hmm. it can hurt you. Help you by, you know, you you are opening up a line of credit and that is starting your credit history. So that's one of the things that you were going to talk about as far as how to a little bit later how to raise your credit score. And one of those ways is to have credit history yes. because that plays a factor in student loan. It does go onto your credit report. It. it it uh, so whenever you have that, yes, mm-hmm. you are now building credit. Yeah. Um, so let's, and then let's same, talk about that. Let's, uh, well, let's... same same thing with with other types of loans or debt. You know, you got auto loans. You know, cre- different credit cards. That's probably yeah. the most common way. I think credit cards is is one of the most common ways. It's, yeah, it's common. It's very easy to build credit. It really is. Um, and then even if your car loans, let's uh, just quickly touch that. If your car loan is yeah. expensive, call your servicer and try to negotiate a lower payment. And therefore, you'll free up more ability to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the uh, so say if you have dog shit credit, you know, like where I was, and no credit card company would give you a credit card. Uh, the best way to establish some credit is what I found out is to do a uh, secured credit card. And do you okay. know what that is, Jared? Uh, you have to back it with some sort of funds or something Correct. like that, I'm guessing? Yeah. So if you go to your bank or your institution and say, hey, listen, I would like to open a secured credit card, 
uh, what is your minimum? Because a lot of places they have a minimum. Okay, uh, so right. our minimum is five hundred dollars. That's mm-hmm. this was mine. Um, mm-hmm. and it said our minimum is five hundred dollars. And what we'll uh, do is we'll take that five hundred dollars that's in your account, and we'll put it in a perpetual pending state, so it's not cleared and it's not something you can use. And then we're going to give you this credit card, and it's going to act like a credit card. You you use it to you meet your limit, and then you pay it off at the monthly statement. And one of the things that you need to realize when it comes to establishing credit is you have to you have good use of your credit. You cannot be maxing it out and then not pay it off or pay it off. What you want to do is stay within a 30% uh, ratio, 30% of the total limit. So say um, it is, so say your limit is $500. You want to do times 0.3. So you want to yep. stay about $150 and less. Right. So gas uh fast food something small and then you want to pay it okay and there there's two things to remember as well when you're making your payments um is that there's a payment date so say if uh, my credit card is due my payment my 150 dollars is due on the 24th of each month great boom i paid zero balance the next thing you have to remember is that you have a report date the report date will then take your credit card statement and then report it to the credit card bureaus. The credit card bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Okay, so if you pay one hundred and fifty dollars, you wait say two or three days to whatever your due date is, and you can find this out by asking your creditor. Hey, when do you report this to the IRS or not to the IRS, but to the to the credit bureaus? Oh, mm-hmm. we report it on the twenty sixth. Okay, now I know. I make my payment on the 24th, and two days later, it gets reported. So what you want to make sure you do is that you want to wait until after that report date. Because on the if you go, if you make your payment, and then you go out the next day, the 25th, and then you go and you spend $300. You're going out to the club or going out with your friends to a restaurant or buying something nice for yourself or your significant other. Well, on the 26th, it's going to report that, yeah, you made a payment, but you just put on a $300 balance. Boom. Now that's over the 30% maximum, uh, or not maximum, the 30% ratio, the healthy ratio. And it's not going to help your credit. It's going to hurt your credit because it's not showing responsible uh, practices. So you want to stay within that 30% utilization, and you want to wait until after the report date. And if you do that for three months, four months, you will see your credit skyrocket. I kid you yeah. not. It will just absolutely skyrocket because you've been showing a healthy usage throughout the month and yep. you've been paying it off. Sometimes it's really good. So say if the balance or the payment, the minimum payment is $150, sometimes I will make a payment of $120 and I'll leave that $30 balance you and leave then, a balance on there? Sometimes. Um, and then when it goes to the next month, I'll pay it off completely and let it report as a zero balance. Wow. So therefore, it shows that, yes, you have good utilization, but it also you also left a small amount of uh, debt there showing that you're very responsible with your debt because, I mean, you got to show the, the credit bureaus that you, you know how to handle debt, right? So leaving a $30 balance is debt. 
See, I've right? never heard that before. I just figured. So I and the the whole credit score system is is so weird it's and and <laughs> it's so and, and and crazy the way that they score you. So you know, from from everything that I've read, it's you know, and I've not heard that particular method where you would leave a little bit of a balance. I just I've always thought you know if if you pay the balance in full, number one, you're you're, just shows how, you're, you're, you're showing paying... that you know how to you just show you're just showing that you know how to use a credit card, but right. you're not showing how you know how to responsibly handle debt. Right. So you're, you're paying your credit card off. Number two, the only thing I don't like about leaving that thirty thirty dollars on there is is you're going to get hit with an interest charge the next month before you know because so if you don't pay the 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 statement balance at the end of the month when that. $30 carries over to the next month, you're going to get hit with whatever your interest rate is. You're going to get hit on that 30 bucks or whatever it is that you're carrying over to the next month. That's the only thing I don't yeah. like about that. Yeah, you're, um, not, so if, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But some credit cards will have a zero balance. Like my, my secured credit card doesn't have a, an interest on it. Well, yeah, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have a 0% interest rate. But if you're new yeah. to credit, um, like a lot of these, you know, for uh, people that are trying to build their credit and stuff mm -hmm. like that, Guaranteed, you're going to have some sort of interest rate. You're not going to get the zero percent, you know, for six months or twelve months. Yeah, or, you, or you're going to have to establish some good health. So, and but a hundred percent, yeah. If if you have one that's zero percent, then that works out. If you have one yeah. with an with an interest rate on it, you know, for me, I I don't think I would I would have a hard time leaving that thirty dollar balance because I don't want to pay. I want to well, pay the credit card as little as I can. Right, I pay, you know, that, but if if you know for the scenario that I just painted, so like if you leave a thirty dollar balance and even at a twenty two percent interest rate, you're only paying six dollars and sixty cents on top of that. That's a couple gallons of gas, my friend. That's it's, yeah, about two, <laughs> two, two gallons that's, that's, of gas. That's a couple of you gallons know, of gas. I I don't disagree you know? with you whatsoever, but that's a night. That's a that's dinner. That's McDonald's. You know, a hamburger, and you know. I can either pay interest to this. Or I'm just, I'm just saying because yeah. I, I, I was at the point at one point, you know, at one time where I could barely afford to put gas in my truck to get to work to make money to put gas in my truck. So it was like, you know, so spending that extra six dollars in interest, I'm like, man, if I spend that six bucks, that's six bucks less in my gas tank to go to work to make more money to put gas in my truck. So. Uh, and then that's kind of that's my mindset. You know, if I have to pay interest, I don't like paying interest if I don't have to. Right, I'm with you 100 because interest sucks. Um, right, and so I, I I don't disagree with you whatsoever. But you know, if you're lucky enough to have like say I have like a zero uh, interest, well, of rate, course, you know, of then, course, you know, leave a little bit of a balance as small as possible, showing that you know yep. how to properly handle debt, and then the next month pay it off completely and let it right let it report. Yep. Um, so that's, that's how you can establish, uh, you know, some credit building. Yep. And so, and, so and let's, let's back up just for a second. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that we just, we just mentioned, um, during this whole conversation of credit scores and credit bureaus. So if you're not familiar, the credit bureaus, there's basically, there's three of them. There's, uh, uh what is it? Experian, TransUnion and Equifax. Equifax. So those are the, the three main, I don't know, the common monopoly of, of your credit score. There's yes, three companies. Correct. You don't really have a choice or anything of who's getting to decide or keep track of anything. And by the way, if you're 
if you have credit and your name is with any of these credit bureau bureaus, it has been your identity has been compromised in some way. Especially, wasn't it a couple of years ago or back in 2018? I think it was Experian. They had that huge, huge data breach where they, oh, you yeah. know, somebody um, they got in there and they just stole tons and tons of of yeah. our data, our you know, identifying information, our names, date of birth, all that stuff. And what happens to Experian? You know, a little slap on the hand and, you know, a couple of fines here and there. And then, you know, we move on and we keep giving them our information. Man, it just, I I don't know. Every time I start thinking about this stuff, I just start, uh, it, it, I, the whole credit score system, I, what's that? It just, yeah, what grinds my gears. If I (laughs) had, and that's, to be honest, that is one of the things that makes me, that is my drive to keep making money and, and investing and, and just to be able to try to pay cash for everything, just so I don't even have to think about the whole stupid credit score yeah. thing. Like as but, uh, the whole credit system and everything, no matter how much it grinds your gears and it grinds my gears, just like how insurance but grinds it, my gears. Yeah. It's something, it's just, it's the game we of still monopoly, need it. you know? Like, yeah. Do you? <laughs> well, I mean... I, do we? <laughs> we do because without it, I wouldn't be able to afford this house. I wouldn't be able to afford, yeah, I mean, you know, it's true. whatever. It really is. Uh, however, however, here's the catch: something I, I think, uh, not a conspiracy, but like a thought that allowing people to have credit allowed companies to increase their prices. Yes. Whereas, if we never had credit. Prices would still be like they were in the 40s to 50s, long before credit was even established. Because if you correlate prices to to goods, commodities, everything that we have in at our at our first world country, if you correlate the the inflation of price, the the increase of price to when credit was introduced, you'll see that it's just right with it. Yep. So. Oh yeah. I agree that credit sucks. Um, like this whole idea of it is just like a, a social score, in my opinion. Um, yeah, basically. But at the same time, it's I think I would rather have people... a social score. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't want a social score. Well, maybe you don't want. We're, ta- we're not talking about the same. Yeah, we're. I know. I know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. And that's a whole different. That's a whole different <laughs> thing. I, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. But so, so, so you got these three big credit bureaus. Um, so, but they're rather, whether you like them or not, and obviously, you you know, you probably know how I feel about them, but I still have to know what they are, how they affect my credit, um, how to, how to keep track of what is being put onto these credit reports by these bureaus and whether, whether it's legit. So there's a couple of, you know, one of the, uh, so the service that I use is Credit Karma. And that's, for me, it's just, it's super easy. I don't know if you've heard of it, Chris, uh, but you don't look like you, you're a big fan, but I use it no, just because to. because it gives a false pretense of what your credit score is. It gives I don't care about the, look, I don't care about the, the credit score on there because it's never accurate. Okay. Every time I look at, look at it's on totally there, so it's. No, mine's like super low on credit card. Really? And every time I, yeah, every time I go to pull credit, I'm like, I think it's like 650 or something. And then they pull it and it's like, oh, you got like a 750. I'm like, that's weird. 
Dude, exact opposite for me. Like it's really seven fit, uh, 740, a seven forty eight, seven forty nine. Literally, so my wife and I are going through a HELOC right now. So yeah. I had my credit pulled. I felt so confident to be in like the seven forty range while she's okay. at like seven uh, seven um seven eighty. And okay. um, it came back at like six sixty, uh, six ninety six. And I was just like, okay, what the hell, man? I was so Dang. mad. <laughs> was, See, that's so weird because so mine's a, is total opposite. But you know what I. I use it more to see all the accounts that I have open, all the loans, the debt, okay. and everything like that. So it's sort of like, I mean, you, you need to keep track of your credit report, not just your score. Yeah. There's other there's other ways to check your score to see if it's accurate, or to get more accurate scores, but to check your actual report. Free credit card is report. pretty good. Well, free uh, credit credit is really good, too, because yeah. it'll show free you if credit. there's anything in uh, cancellations. If, there, if you have yes. anything like cancellation um, and collections, excuse me. And that's Correct. something I kind of wanted to get into too because that's right. all very important because that will show up. Anything that's derogatory, anything that's in cancellation, yep. will there be medical payment that you didn't know or something, any disputes. Right. And these things will hurt you. Yeah. So, so that's um, why it's so important to, to look at your credit report at least once a, year, once a year, if not, you know, more than, you know, at least a couple yeah. times. Or, I mean, I check my credit karma uh at least once a month there's another one it's called credit uh credit sesame i think i've not used that one i don't know if you've heard of that one i've heard of that one but um but you, you gotta check especially if you're getting in the mode to whether it's buying a house or or any kind of a, a loan or taking out some sort of debt or something like that mm -hmm. you really want to start looking at you know what's going on with your credit report because identity theft that happens it's it happens all the time one of my uh, cousins she mentioned it uh, to me earlier before we started the podcast she had um, a close call where somebody was trying to steal her identity they were trying to open up a line of credit on her on her information wow and uh, yeah so I you know and had she not been I don't know the, the full story of it but I assume she caught it on her credit report and was like what the heck is this and was able to you know hopefully mitigate it yeah so that's true so it's it really is important you know that's something that we do and you're right like we do need to monitor that so try to look at your credit report go to freecreditreport.com um, yep. i actually go through this a lot with my clients who are not sure about the credit score um because right now like a lot of mortgage companies ever since the pandemic they have really increased their their minimum credit score um, and when the pandemic hit, they increased it from about seven, uh, 550 to about 640. Some of them have reduced their credit, uh, limitations to about 620, but that's still, you know, that's still respectfully high, um, in comparison to what a lot of people have, unfortunately, just because they're not paying attention to it. So talking to a lender, really get an idea, uh, have a mode, uh, a, a, a roadmap. What do you? What are your opinions on um, credit repair companies? What, what's your What's your opinion on credit repair companies, Jared? Uh, I've never used one. Um, I've known some people that have used them, and they're they're great. They, I mean, they're they're really good at what they do. Uh, it just depends. I think it depends on how bad your credit gets and how or how bad it is. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of good things they can do. They will call. Um, all your lenders, your credit card companies, and they will negotiate things on your behalf to try to get 
payments reduced so you can start paying off some debt faster to try to to uh, lower that credit util utilization and uh, so I, you know there's there's pros and cons I've never used one for myself mm -hmm. so I you know I can't speak firsthand on it I uh, I have mixed opinions on it because um, I have had clients use them and oh we'll have your credit jump you know X points over next couple of months next couple right. of months the credit score has gone down because what this credit com repair companies are doing they're not only fighting or disputing, they're disputing everything, which causes your, which can hurt your credit report, uh, your credit, but they're also constantly pulling your credit and, um, and right. just to, just to check up on it. And it's, it's not helpful. I don't see it being beneficial. And if you have disputes that you want to dispute or have these collections or things to drop off, these are all things you can do yourself. Yeah, download it your is. credit report because on your credit report, if there's something in collection, it's going to tell you what the name of the company is. And yep. it's going to give you a phone number. And Correct. you just honestly have to play the game. You got to call them, go through the prompts and be like, hey, listen, I would really like to have this removed. Uh, make sure you uh, ask for them to send it over in, in writing that you're going to have it canceled and dropped off. Um, and and it's so it's i mean it's something it's very tedious but it's something that you can save a couple hundred dollars and just do yourself um, yeah but but fun. on the flip side of that a lot of people don't know what to say when they call up a company they don't know how to get started they don't know how aggressive they have to be no different than you know if YouTube you're gonna university force Right, but but I mean, it's a smart ass same, answer. It really is. It's a smart ass answer, but I'm at the YouTube at the same time, I mean, it's 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 sort of no different than when you go at it, you know, doing for sale by owner. You're you're kind of you you have an idea of what you should do and who you need to talk to, but a real estate agent is doing this every day. They're doing it all the time. They're going to know what to say, when to say it, how to say it, you know, who to talk to, when to talk to them. Just like, okay. you know, uh, one of the credit people, they're going to call up these companies or, you know, another example is you hire a, you, you can go fight your own speeding tickets or you can hire a speeding ticket company to go there and, and they know exactly how the system works. They know exactly what to say to get you off the ticket or whatever the case is. Um, I, I, to me, it's kind of the same thing for these, these credit companies that are, that are going to raise your credit score. They call these companies up. They know exactly what works and what doesn't work and they and they're and they're a they're a third party they're removed from the emotional side of it at the same time if i call somebody up i mean i'm arguing over my money i'm arguing for so it's going to get emotional i'm going to get stressed right. i'm going to get mad i'm going to get whatever especially when they're not telling me what i want to hear the mm -hmm. third party's going to be like screw you buddy I, you know you're going to do this yeah. or or that's it he yeah. can say that on my behalf I probably, I don't know if I could because it, it's just, it's going to be harder, I think. So it, yeah. yes, it can work. You can do it yourself, but. I don't disagree because I mean, a lot of people I, get pretty emotional when it comes to money. Yes. So. And it's, it, it's another one of those way. things, time value headache. You know, how much time are you going to put into it? How much value are you going to yeah. get out of it? And how much headache is it going to be for you? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's a big proponent for me is, is that whole time value headache, not time. I mean, time value money. Yes. But time value headache is, 
is just as important because that's a good way to look at it. If if it's just going to be too much for me to take care of and and it's just going to cause me more stress and headache than than what I want to deal with, then sure I'll pay you know the the few hundred bucks to to have somebody else do it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. Yeah. How about so, um, what about credit? Like uh, like say having uh, lines of credit. So if you have multiple credit lines, so say if you have like five credit cards. Yeah. Um, and you're only using like th- uh, one of them. Uh, it would it be beneficial to keep open all of them or to close them? So having open lines of credit. So one would think, one would think that you would want to close some of these lines of credit because you got you're like, oh wow, I've got all these lines of credit. So based on, I was actually watching some videos. There's one guy that I follow on. Uh, on YouTube, Graham, uh, I think it's Graham Steven. I can't remember. He has a really good video. I'll, uh, I'll post it here in just a minute, but or once I find it, but he was talking about having lines of credit. It's, it's actually better. Um, it's so he was saying, uh, 10 it's, it accounts for 10% of your score and having 21 plus 21 or more lines of credit is actually what is, you know, will get you closer to that perfect score. According oh to God. to the research that he's had or that he's done, That's um, I think I think I found it here. It's uh, Graham Stephen. Graham Stephen, yeah. yeah, yeah. So here you go. So he's he's got a really good video on how to improve your credit score, and it's about fifteen minutes long. And he's got a lot of other good investment videos. He's done a lot of uh, a lot of good things as far as investments and real estate and yeah. and all. But essentially, you know, he's what it is is the more. The more credit you have, the more lines of credit you have open, the more... The higher your ceiling. The higher your ceiling higher, is. The higher your utiliz- utilization is going to be or the higher you know available credit, well, no. not utilizing, the higher yeah, available no, credit you, you're going to have. You want and, the ceiling to be here and you want correct. your utilization to be down correct. here. So, so 30%, 30% right. utilization. Right. So if you have a bunch of credit cards open, but you're not using yeah. them, so now you're your ceiling is is way up here it's but you're down. only using so you can see like it's this is what's happening to your ceiling so the moment you start closing your accounts it start go it's going down so you want as high ceiling as possible right and then that because this also calculates into your debt to your income or your debt utilization right here or correct your debt, your debt ceiling correct so the moment you start closing accounts it's negative because boom you just slashed it you close another account boom slashed it and like what's happening, the ceiling is a lot closer right. to your debt, and you don't want that. So and you the, want so having twenty accounts though. Whoo, yeah, well, but it it's it's just it goes back to the you know you have that many lines of credit open when a new creditor comes and looks at you, they're like, wow, okay, twenty twenty people have given him some sort of line of credit. He must be mm-hmm. legit. He must be good. No different than our podcast. You know, if, if there's, you know, a hundred people watching it or if there's, you know, six people right now, if there's six people mm-hmm. watching it, people are like, eh, there's only six people watching it. Same thing with creditors. Eh, he's, you know, he's only got a couple yeah. lines of credit. If we have five, 5,000 people watching us, then somebody's going to be like, oh, wow, they've got 5,000 people watching them. They must, you know, they must be doing good. Let's, mm-hmm. let's give them a chance. We'll, we'll check it out. It's the same thing with, with creditors. And that's why that's where that comes from with, you know, having more lines of credit, 
yep. will in good utilization constantly putting in the reps because a bodybuilder doesn't you know get you know as big as they are from doing just you know one they do multiple uh, uh consistent behaviors over a, over a long period of time and that's how you build your credit strength and so over the next several months or years hopefully you're not getting hard credit pulls either because the more credit pulls you have in a short period of time, the more your credit starts getting docked and starts hurting. Um, so that's another thing. So hard inquiries, there are soft inquiries and hard inquiries. Hard inquiries is the one thing that you want to have as little of over a long period of time as possible. So um, Credit Karma is really good at, on an educational level. It's free. Um, and you can also just kind of Google too. It's just like, what's a hard inquiry? How, what's, how long right. should I go without having to do a hard inquiry? So if you're right. trying to like build credit, try to, uh, you know, start off with as little inquiries as possible. If one credit card company doesn't uh, approve you, then you mm -hmm. probably shouldn't go to another credit card company because they're going to do the same thing. They're going to do a hard pull. If they don't, didn't, if they don't approve you, don't go to another one because it's going to do a hard pull. Um, and you're just kind of digging the hole just a little bit deeper, even though you're trying to do better. So you're so, better off going to your bank to do a secured credit card and do that for about a year. So is it work? So I know um, when you have hard inquiries, like when you're shopping, shopping for a mortgage or an auto loan mm -hmm. and you get those inquiries, those get grouped into one, one, uh, one pool. I don't know if credit cards do the same thing. So, and it, uh, you, you, you seem like you don't, you don't trust don't me know. here. What I'm saying. Uh, well, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm going to let you finish. So, so like with, with mortgage, when you go to a mortgage broker or, or a lender or whatever, you're pulling out a auto loan, you can go. The whole point of this is to be able to shop for different rates or shop with different lenders before. And I don't remember what the date was when they, they made this a thing, but there was a time where if I went to ABC lender and I checked, you know, they pulled my credit score and they said, Hey, we're going to, we can do a 5% interest rate. And then I go to, you know, XYZ lender, they pull my credit score and they're going to give me a, a different interest rate. Those two inquiries showed up as two hard hits on my credit score. Now, since they've passed, there, there was some law or some change to the credit reporting. If I go to ABC lender and then I go to XYZ lender, that shows up as just one inquiry. As long as it's within, I think it's like a 30-day period or there's a certain time window where those two inquiries will show up as just one hit on your credit report. So what that allows you to do is shop for different rates because what was happening was you would go out and you would call this lender and you'd get, you know, a, a bad interest rate. But then you're like, well, I don't want to call anybody else because that's going to be another hit on my credit score. And it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. And my credit score is going to keep dropping and dropping. So right. it prevented people or discouraged people from wanting to shop for more or shop around for different uh, or shop around with different lenders. Right. So, and so I think I it's the think same it, thing for auto loans. I don't know if it does the same for credit cards. Or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't think so. 
because every time your credit does get pulled, it shows up on your report. So when it comes to mortgages, I think you're right. Uh, I know you're right that they right. group it into essentially one type of pool because you as a consumer have a right to shop. Whereas, excuse me, an auto loan, they hit you hard because they count it as individual pools because uh, an auto dealership is just going to try to find anyone that's willing to approve you. So, and they don't, I don't think it clumps together because when I got my car and I shopping, I got hit by like seven creditors or seven, yep. seven, uh, entities before one finally approved me and right. my credit score tanked tanked tanked, tanked. yeah but if you go for a home loan it doesn't happen the same way it's so long as you're within the 30-day period i think you're right 30 or 60-day period you have a right to shop and so therefore your credit doesn't take a hit even from the first pool your credit doesn't drop significantly because this um the, the credit bureaus understand that majority of buyers have to finance so it doesn't make sense whereas uh, a car is considered a luxury not a necessity a lot of people can pay for a car cash um, mm -hmm. which happens a lot more than people think so therefore it's hard they are a hard inquiry and that's why it's uh, easier to get approved for a house than it is for a mortgage uh, right. uh, sorry than a car sorry it's easier to get approved for a house than it is for a car yep so because yep. like i can go to every single bank and institution and get approved but not every single institution is going to approve me for a car right exactly. right yeah so and as far but, as inquiries you know you ideally obviously you want to have zero inquiries on your credit report that's going to give right. you the the maximum you know boost on your credit score but yep. so but they only stay on your credit report for like a year or they they affect your two, score two for years, a right? Well, they, I think they affect your score for just one year, but they stay on your report for two years is what I was, ah, right. uh, I was reading. So, yeah, I think, um, I think you're right about that. And I think yeah. if you have zero hard pulls over, over a year, you'll see a good increase uh, of your credit. So yep. you can increase your credit in a very short period of time. Um, yeah. say like three to six months. That's, that's what I mean by short period of time is three to six months. You know, one of the because it has to, it has to, you know, you have to show consistency. Um, yeah. One of the things is, that I that I keep up with to try to to increase my credit score is I'll call my credit card company and and ask for a credit increase on yeah, my yeah. credit card. It, it sounds yeah. counterintuitive. They're like, "Well, what do you mean? I'm they're gonna let me spend more money?" Well, no. I mean, yes, theoretically, yes, they're gonna let you spend more money, but. The goal is to not spend more money, but you're just yep. raising again what we were talking about. You're raising that yeah. ceiling, yep. that uh, the amount of credit available, and so yeah. So yeah. if you have you know five thousand dollars on your on your credit card, you know say you're you're paying it off every month, but you have a balance of five thousand dollars with a yep. ten thousand um, dollar available credit, that's fifty percent. But if you call them yep. up and say, hey, can you can you bump me up to like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars? Well yeah. look what you just did. You just you just decreased your utilization uh, uh -huh. significantly just by asking for a, a, a credit increase. increase. Yeah. So that's that's one of the little tricks that I and, and again this just goes to back to too. They're happy to give oh, yeah. it to you when you when yeah. you uh, when you when you're good and you're healthy. Yeah. And they'll they'll look yes. back at your history and be like, absolutely, Jerry. You've we'll made more than happy to give you a yeah. You've made three years increase. worth of on time sure. payments. Sure. Yeah. 
and some but, will do it automatically. Yes. Have you noticed that? Yep. And uh, when you're a homeowner, this is probably one of the best things you should get, depending on your store. Oh, you know? okay. The Home Depot a card. Home Depot credit card, because yeah. um, as a homeowner, you will always have home projects. And so why not take advantage of your Home Depot or your Lowe's or whoever it is, get on their credit because they report. They report to the credit bureaus and right. we did two years of good. They actually increased our, um, they increased our limit automatically. Some credit, oh, okay. some credit, credit card companies will do that automatically after good consistent payments of, um, uh, and, and everything. So after two years, they increased it $250 for us. And on top of that, 0% interest, 0% interest for how long? So, the entire year that's still zero percent interest but right i mean now. so it's zero percent for a year and then it jumps to a normal nope, nope. still still zero it's so still 0% like interest. for the life of the card it's zero percent so far <laughs> i i look at it and i let it roll over and there's no on the statement it says zero percent hmm. there's no interest that's, there's that's, no interest rate. that's so, interesting i did as a homeowner it's good because i mean Sometimes if something happens and you're doing a project and you don't necessarily have the cash right now, you can right. utilize that and then pay it off. And yeah. it just, it's, it's going to get reported as it's going to get reported and it's going to show that you have good history. Yep. And uh, that only helps you. So, yep. And so um, you can ask for it or sometimes they'll increase your balances for you or your, your, uh, yeah. your utilization. So one of the other things, so aside from trying to raise your score and, and improve it and stuff, you know, one of the things that you can do to help protect your credit is, and I, I keep, I keep wanting to do it, but then I never do. Cause we keep, you know, there's always something like a new credit card or we're buying a car or something, but you can freeze your, uh, you can freeze your credit with the three credit bureaus. Have you heard of that? What was that? You can freeze your credit with the uh, credit bureaus? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people do that when there is a potential identity theft. A potential or they just, they don't, you know, they're not planning on pulling out any credit. So they're just like, I'm going to freeze it just so, just, I mean, for that purpose. Yes. Or for uh, younger kids who, because, so here's, here's one of the crazy things is, you know, kids have social security numbers. They have date of birth. And people can pull their credit just because they're not 18 doesn't mean somebody who, you know, doesn't steal their information. They can they can open up Easily. loans and credit and credit yep. cards or whatever. So that. a good idea, especially for kids, is to go on each of the, the credit bureaus and freeze your credit. And I think it, it used to be you had to pay to go in there and freeze your credit because there was like a process and there was a form you had to fill out and so on and so on. I think it's all free mm -hmm. now for each one. You can go in there and you put in certain information. Just do a Google search on how to freeze your, your credit. But you go on there and you can freeze the credit, especially for kids, until they turn 18 because they're not pulling any credit. When they turn 18, huh. you unfreeze it, you open up credit cards, and then you probably freeze it again because they're probably not going to pull any more credit for the next, you know, several years, unless they're taking out student loans, uh, something yeah. like that. But, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, that's another way you can help protect your credit is to freeze it. So nobody.
and, and including yourself, you can't even go and open up a new line of credit without unfreezing it. So yeah. anything that yeah. anybody that tries to, they're just, it's going to come back with a message saying that this credit report or credit whatever has been yeah. frozen. We can't do anything. Yeah. And it's kind of good for yourself too. If you have like a nasty habit of getting your credit pulled, <laughs> then right. you know, you're yep. kind of saving yourself. like, oh, okay, I guess I can't pull my credit here. You know, just yeah. kind of doing some due diligence here for you. Man, like you, you kind of gave me like a whole wave of like, future ideas for like uh for kids uh like about like whole freezing the credit or ed oh, yeah. educate them and like yeah. my mind went to like a very quick rabbit hole but, um, <laughs> I, I saw nothing, i saw nothing, it in your eyes you're like oh. yeah <laughs> yeah like nothing nothing to uh discuss tonight but um oh, one of the okay. things like so i bet there's a couple questions out there she's like well what if i have a lot of debt and i want to eliminate what are some of the best practices so my wife and I were we before we bought our house and before we um, got married. So uh, we sat down with a financial advisor and we pretty much asked this question: What's the best way to eliminate this debt? And if anybody's looking for a financial advisor, let me know because I have a really good one because he really helped us understand our debts and understand best practices. And so he was saying, you need to eliminate the debt with the highest interest rate first because yes. that is the most money going out of your pocket whether yeah. you know if you have a a a thousand dollar loan at a three percent interest rate but you have a ten thousand dollar loan at seven percent interest rate right the best practice is to eliminate the seven thousand dollar loan or the ten thousand dollar loan with the seven percent interest rate um right because that's more money it's like well i only have a thousand dollars here yeah, but like over the course of time, you'll you, they they'll calculate it. It's like you'll spend more money on this ten thousand dollar loan just on the interest alone than you would on that thousand dollars. So would it make and sense? And that's 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 a that's a very true statement. There's also the psychological aspect of it, and I think Dave Ramsey sort of plays into this. So your to your example, I have a thousand dollars in a three percent loan but I have $4,000 on a 7% or whatever you said. Mm -hmm. So some people might say, and I think Dave Ramsey is kind of a proponent of this is, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to save the money and you want to pay down on the 7% interest loan, but psychologically he might tell you pay that thousand dollar loan off because now it's like, it's like doing the checklist when you make your to-do list and you cross through mm -hmm. that item, there's a psychological effect that goes that happens in your mind that says, wow, I accomplished something. So when you, you pay off a debt, whether yeah. it's a high interest or interest, you're accomplishing something. So then that then fuels the motivation to now pay off more debt and pay off more debt yeah. as you. So, you know, sometimes you can start with those smaller amount of debts, you know, the thousand dollars or the $500 debt or whatever you have. And yeah. then, but then what you do is you take those those minimum payment or whatever you were paying towards those debts and you snowball mm -hmm. them, snowball them into those bigger debts. Right. So, um, I, I fell into that trap. Okay. And I kind of call it a trap because yeah, it's a psychological checklist. Like, cool. Um, uh, my, my, my payment just, I just freed up $200. Now I'm going to go ahead and combine this $200 to my, 
to my $300 payment. Now I'll pay $500 on this and I'll pay it off quicker. You think so, but no, because now you right. just read up $200. You're like, eh, I'll keep $100 and I'll put $100 over it to that one. It, it 100% so takes like, discipline. I, I, that's exactly what I did. I kid you not. Yep. <laughs> so, you got to have the discipline. So it's, but I guarantee you, because the moment you start freeing yourself and you start seeing more money in your pocket, because but, I am guilty of this, I speak of experiences, yep. that um, I am a horrible spender. Uh, because yep. if I have money, I want to spend it because oh, of course. I came from a place that didn't have the luxury of spending money. Right. So, um, but so you, I, you, I, I didn't, you I, I had that snowball. I had that snowball idea and I didn't, I didn't, yep. I didn't do it. Yep. I didn't, I did not combine my 200 with my 300 to make it 500. Right. Payment. No, yep. instead I just kept a hundred dollars yep. and I went out it's, and spent it instead yeah. of doing that snowball. It's very easy to do exactly that. You have to be disciplined and you have to do it before that extra, you know, you pay off that debt and then that that extra payment shows up in your bank account and you're like, oh, where, where'd that come from? I like that. You know, you have to go ahead and just yeah. be like, all right, that one's been, it's automatically going to the next one. So you never even yeah. see it in your bank account. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. If you do, I definitely recommend auto draft, auto payments. I have auto payments for almost everything. Oh yeah, um, and and I I always do that combo. But I, speaking I, of I eliminate, eliminate, speaking the of highest interest rate first auto. Speaking of auto payments, um, so my lender, I was, uh, working with them, I was talking. One of the things you can do to raise your score, and this is something that I just learned about. I think it's on Experian. They have a program where you go in, you fill out a couple of things, uh, you give them, give the, you know, the system access to your bank account. It goes through and it, it searches your bank account for auto payments. So if you're paying your mortgage through auto pay, if you're paying your car loan through auto pay, it can actually go through and seek those things out and it will in turn... Say, hey, okay, he's got some auto pay. We know he's, you know, he's paying everything on time, and it'll raise your score with Experian. I don't know if the other ones, uh, TransUnion and and whatever, yeah. if they have it, but, um, but yeah, Experian. I I'm pretty sure it was Experian that had it, but yeah, it'll go in there and it'll it'll raise your credit score a little bit. It takes about a, cool. you know a couple of weeks to do, but that was something I'd never heard of until mm -hmm. maybe three weeks ago. You can also do that for your rent, yeah, um, utilities, okay, and stuff like that. But not every yep. single creditor is going to do the same practice. Like if uh, I think, I think Experian is probably the most publicly out there. Um, just like with trying to uh, have more interactions, I think if you pay a certain amount, it'll it'll kind of give you updated prompts and stuff like that. I think it's experience that's more uh, user-friendly. They're not user-friendly, but like just commercialized. They spend money in advertising about who they are versus right. uh, TransUnion or Equifax. Um, but like not every single one of them are, are is the same practice. So sometimes they, like if you have like these thoughts, just kind of do the forward or the critical thinking being like, if I do this, will it help? all three right i let call them be like hey i'm looking do you guys have a program that right. allows me to report my consistent payments on utilities if they say yes we do awesome what yep. are the forms what do you need 
cool yep, excellent yep. and yep. if two of the three report it but the third one doesn't it still would be beneficial to to do that uh, but if only one there you go i love that sound <laughs> but if only one out of the three then you know like one is better than none but just it, I, you just want to see what's going to help you across the board and eliminating yep. your debt uh highest interest first is definitely the most recommended um yep. by my accounts um uh, if yep. you have the discipline for the snowball by all means do it um it, i don't think there's a wrong i don't think that's wrong what you're saying um just at all I, it's just at a the end practice. of the day it's a different at the end of, of the day paying off debt is the most important thing whether you pay mm -hmm. off the most the highest mm -hmm. interest debt or the lowest interest debt paying yeah. off debt is the most important thing yeah. Um, if and you're going to, if you want to save yourself the most amount of money, then obviously mm -hmm. start with the highest interest, like you were saying, and yeah. then you have to snowball it into the next one. And then yeah. when you pay that one off, you snowball it into the next one and the next one until, yeah. you know, before yeah. you know it, you're paying, you know, buku dollars on, yeah. on and one, on your last mate remaining, yeah. you know, amount of debt. Yep. And every time you eliminate a revolving debt, don't go and open up something new, you know, start saving that excess money so you can have money for a down payment and closing costs. Um, and then yep. as, as those happen, as those payments get paid off, uh, you know, make sure you ask for those payments, you know, that, that, that clear, and then make sure it gets reported to the credit bureau. And you can do that by calling that, not by pulling your credit, but by calling the servicer that held the loan and be like, please make sure you report this to all three credit bureaus and then get it in writing, you know? Um, and then you can contact the credit bureaus and be like, Hey, did you receive this payment? No. Okay. Well I have it. So, um, right. So, and as well as, um, trying to maximize, uh, or minimize your credit utilization, compared to the max uh, credit limit, try to increase your credit limit as much as possible. And don't think you can do this in a short period of time, like a week. You're, you have to play the long game when oh, it comes definitely. to building your credit, okay? Yep. And eliminating credit, eliminating debt. It takes a long time and you have to be very patient. This, this is where discipline uh, kind of comes into play. And then doing a self-financing meeting on a regular basis. So sit down, look at your finances, um, and, and then just make sure that you're not over leveraging yourself. Make sure that you're properly doing this. If, you, if you're having a hard time with this, seek out a financial advisor um, and then ask them to sit down, tell them everything about your financial life, and then they will build you a roadmap uh, and, and then really show you how you can eliminate debt over a certain time. Uh, a lot of these companies have great software that will show you what is the best way to save money and eliminate debt and increase credit. Right. It's they yep. have it all. Yep. So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much more we can hammer uh, on this nail, well, Jared. Let's, We're approaching an hour and a half here. I know. I wanted to talk about uh, the debt to income ratio real quick. So, I mean, so let's say you know you 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 know about all the different loans you've worked on paying off debts you've worked on raising your credit score and you you're ready to to buy a house or whatever so the debt to income ratio and this is we kind of touched on it a little bit at the beginning you know where you know 
both Chris and I both thought, you know, before we got into real estate that they would take your entire debt that they found that they added up on your credit report versus your income and then divide those two things together and come up with your your debt to income ratio or your DTI as they they call it in the biz. Um, (laughs) But so but some of the things so what they look for. So let's say, you know, just so you have an idea of what banks are going to look for when uh, you're applying for a mortgage and and it kind of holds true for like auto loans and some other stuff. But there's they some of those other loans, they have a lot more flexibility uh, than than mortgages do. But so you have something that's called a front end uh, debt to income and a back end debt to income ratio. So the front end is basically just all your housing expenses. It's going to be your property tax, your HOI, your your homeowner's insurance, your HOA Mm -hmm. and um, and your mortgage. So basically what you would do is you would add those up. So like I, I wrote down an example. So let's say your your front end example. Um, when you add up your all those those four things, essentially taxes, insurance, HOA and your mortgage, let's say it's eighteen hundred bucks uh, a month. And let's say you make six thousand dollars a month. That's a, you know, a, a decent salary there. That's a very decent uh, salary. So eighteen hundred divided by six thousand, that comes out to about thirty percent uh, debt to income ratio. So eighteen hundred divided by six thousand. Um, a lot of banks, when they're looking for when when you're going to get a mortgage on the front end, on a front end DTI, they're looking at about twenty eight percent. Now, obviously, it's going to be a case by case basis, but the average, I'm sure, is like around a twenty eight percent. If it's more than that. They're gonna look at okay. Well, what? Why does he? You know, why does this person have more than twenty eight percent? What's you know what's going on? Um, so that's the front end ratio. There's a back end ratio. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's the front end ratio plus all your other expenses or your loans, uh, such yeah. as. And there's when I say expenses, it's there's only a certain there's a certain amount or there's certain types like auto loan. Let's see, I wrote them down here. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm reading my notes, but basically it's, you know, like auto loans or student loans, as we talked about, um, what else, uh, uh, credit card payments. Yeah, there we go. Credit card payments, personal loans, all those kind of things, those into your back end. So it's your front end plus your back end. So what the back end is looking at, what banks like to see is somewhere around 36%. And again, if it's more than that, you know, it's going to be a case by case basis. If you're, if you're better than a 30%, uh, 36%, then, you know, chances are you're going to be good to go. But if it's more than that, they're going to, they're going to dive in a little bit deeper and see, okay, well, how, you know, what can we do or will are we still going to loan him are they going to be getting a, a pay raise or are they just starting a new job and they're guaranteed a uh, a pay raise here in the next six months or, or whatever the case is um but keep in mind some of those things uh based on what i've read that are not included so don't include like your your health insurance costs your transportation costs anything that you contribute to your savings account or like your utilities or or entertainment or food or clothing none of that stuff goes into your monthly uh, when you're calculating your debt to income ratio so uh, it's just those hard any 
basically the way I look at it, anything that has a minimum payment, such as a credit card or personal loan or, or anything like that that has a minimum payment due, gonna be, uh, that's gonna be calculated into this debt to income ratio. So it's, you know, the only way to increase or improve that debt to income ratio, the basic ways is you gotta ask for a raise, you gotta make more money, or you gotta pay off some debts. Mm-hmm. You pay off some debts, that makes that spread a little bit bigger. Uh, you, yep. you you raise your income, that makes that spread a little bit bigger. Other than that, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot you can do to 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 change that, but yeah. um, but it, it's a it's a it can be a, a a daunting task to try to figure out every little expense that you you know especially if you let's say you have those 21 lines of credit and you have a minimum pay on every one holy crap man that's going to take a little bit to figure out how much you're actually you know spending or your expenses every single month mm-hmm. uh, so. one of the things that i do is um and this is you know if someone wants to find out a little more about it is that i actually break up my accounts i have several accounts business and personal so yeah. i have a play account so that will entail you know going out or groceries gas and things of that nature and then i have a monthly expenses account that handles all my bills and then i have a goals account that my wife and i share to where mm-hmm. we will anything that we have for future vacations or future home projects uh, we'll we'll put money there, and then we have a savings account or a housing sorry a housing account where right. pretty much anything housing related. So your utility bills, your water, your electric, the mortgage, and anything else related to the house will go there. And so it's really taking a hold of your finances and then doing a percentage based on what your income is. And then um, allocating the appropriate funds based on what is needed on a monthly basis. Um, And it'll really shock you because the first time we started it, we were actually in the hole for about two or three months. But after two or three months, we were able to save our and get out of our hole by being consistent and just going through the squeeze like a Mm -hmm. hardship of um, like not having expendable money to do the stuff that we were doing because we were going check to check. But when you properly allocate necessary money, you'll see things that you don't need and then you'll be able to manage and you'll be able to breathe a lot easier knowing that uh, money is going to the correct places and you don't have to worry about um, making sure that you have enough for bills. So right. it's really just taking a hold of your finances and then starting there. Uh, it's probably one of my biggest recommendations is starting it is to find out what your total expenses are, find out where all of your yep. uh, monthly expenses are, and then on the yep. revolving debt side for your monthly yep. bills. So Netflix, Spotify, um, car, yep. phone, insurance, yeah, um, I and I have a whole spreadsheet for it, and the thing oh, is yeah. that every time, every time we get paid, a percentage yep. gets allocated to that, yep. and I make sure that it's covered. 
and, and it's, it, it makes things so much easier to just monitor yeah. because it's all separate. If I want to look a at a good bill, idea, go straight to that account. Boom, yep. there are all my bills. I don't have. It's to a good idea to keep track of so, all that stuff. No. You know, if you don't know how much you have going out, then you know you're you're yeah you're most likely spending money that you don't need to be spending. Yes. You're All you're time. you have subs- you're not monitoring it. You're if right. you have sub- you're, you're going to have you have subs- especially now in the subscription day where everything mm-hmm. is a subscription, it's so easy to have a subscription you're like, "Ah, it's it's just a couple of bucks, you know, or you know, $10, who, you know, whatever." But $10 over, you know, a year, that's 100 20 bucks times, mm-hmm. you know, four or five years, and you're not even, whatever it is, I tell you what, send me 10 bucks a month for the next five years. I'll be okay with that. But, yep. but you're, but if I, if, if you were to, if I were to tell you that and be like, like get out of here, I'm not going to send you 10 month, but you're sending, you know, you're, but you're okay paying for some of these subscriptions that you're not even utilizing to these big companies. Yep. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Send me 10 bucks a month. It it really is. It's so true. Um, You know, like I guarantee you, if you have been neglecting your uh, finances, if you want to get motivated to correct it and better yourself, sit down, go through your finances. If you don't know where to start, reach out to me. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to show you examples, exactly what I'm doing. It's a really simple recipe. Go online, try to find people who have been in your shoes because I've been in your shoes. And then nothing will motivate you more than seeing how much frivolous spending you are doing on yourself. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, like no freaking wonder. And you will, your whole mindset, you'll watch it change for the better. And I love um, where I'm at and yeah. my financial literacy because if I can go back in time and tell, you know, 20, 24 year old me to tell my, my 18 year old, oh, yeah. what I know now, oh my God, my life, I, I would be 10 years further than where I am right now. Yeah. You know, well, easily. here's, here's the thing. I mean, you know, when it comes to people are, when it comes to finances and what kind of debt you have and your income and and all that stuff people get shy and timid and they don't you know it's it's kind of like you know I, we don't talk about what what i spend and what i make and, and it's it's a taboo kind of thing and it to be honest what opened me up about finances and investments and and taking control of of what's going on was i flew with this uh this one captain and he's, he's he was a financial advisor and um and the first question he asked me, like after we took off and, you know, we're just, we're to that, you know, just, we're just going to chat mode. He just looked at me and he was like, so how's your 401k doing? I'm like, okay, who are you? How <laughs> do I, I don't like, I was like, but then what it got me thinking was, well, heck, I, I don't really know. Like I, I, I was like, I've got, you know, and my answer, honestly, it was, I, I mean, I've, I don't know. I've got some money in there and I think it's doing, you know, it's, it's done like a, like a couple percent, you know, last year or it did good. Or he's like, but do you, do you know, like, do you have p- specifics? And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, so then we, we spent the next couple of hours like chatting. 
Yeah. That's what. And he gave you good education, right? And he he gave me good education. But the biggest thing I took from it was, you know what? It's, it's not taboo. If anybody asked me, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it on the show. But if anybody asked me, like, hey, what are you doing? What do you have in your 401k? What what is what are your investments or what you know? How do you handle your finance? I'm I'm open about it now. I don't sit here and, and I'm not going to talk about it on the show and, and everything. But if somebody wants to know, like, I don't have any issue talking about it. Whereas before, and to be honest, like before I talked to this captain, I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what's going on. Now yeah. I keep track of everything. And that's, you got to keep track of stuff. You got to keep track of stuff. I mean, you can buy a house, you can do all this stuff and, and get away and, and get by, but you're 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 just gonna be getting by you know you, yep. you really got to take a hold of you got to grab the reins of the horse and and steer the horse don't and, let the horse yeah, you, you know take you it, man. exactly yep. you can't be in the storage compartment and uh, and of the carriage and yeah. not control it or else you're gonna go off a cliff yeah you know like the rich are rich because they have the control of their finances and they've yep. leveraged the system the game of yep. monopoly they've they've yep. learned how to play the game of monopoly therefore yep. they're they're there you yep. can do that anybody can do that um, let me tell you though something best... I, I i suck at monopoly <laughs> me too me too i go but in and i try to buy <laughs> see it's maybe it's maybe this the is the real estate maybe this is the real estate agent in me i when i play monopoly i go in there and try to buy like everything i land on i'm like oh i want it yep i'll take it i mean especially if i land but then the problem is i land on park place and i'm like crap money i can't buy it and then somebody else who been saving they haven't bought anything then they buy it and then they win the 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 game i don't it's, know about uh, that yeah i don't know yeah the the um the thing is like anybody can become a multimillionaire just through real estate so that's if you look at any forbes like fortune 500 yep. nine out of ten of them will they got their fortune through real estate real estate mongo okay yeah. so like i mean our formal by our former vice vice president uh, former president uh trump he he started off in real estate that's how he got his millions and um so like anybody can do it like it just by buying holding selling you don't need a real estate license just buy one property buy one property and then find somebody that you can relate to that has multiple properties and ask them hey how'd you buy multiple properties chances are they didn't have just like frivolous money no they leveraged money right so that's that's the game that you can play and you don't need yeah. a high school you don't need a college degree you don't even need a high school degree to do right. it right Anything and, and to be, become a very wealthy and financial and uh, financially free uh, individual for you and, and your family. To be honest, I mean we're we're kind of getting into a whole new topic of you know we are investment but and, but and and it, things. It goes right but, back to just owning owning your finances. Own it. Yep, owning your finances. But you know the the topic of tonight was yeah owning finances through no just knowing how to control your credit score, how to improve it, how to improve your debt situation, um, knowing what kind of what impacting your credit scores, you know, what kind of loans you're taking out, how they, yep. how they impact your credit score and, and everything like that. So, you know, 
you start figuring that stuff out, then I would say, then start looking into, okay, now that I've got my credit score and my loan situation and debt under control, you have debt and you can still invest. You can still mm -hmm. leverage money and invest in stuff. There's nothing wrong. It's just how you go about it, you know, is is going to be the biggest factor. So, but it, it, I agree, one hundred percent. But the thing is, I, like, I, what we just talked, kind of talked about, is just like the, it, it's like the benefits of taking control and you know tackling your loans, tackling your debt, and tackling yeah. your credit. Um, and and then going to, and that's that's what ultimately is going to come of it because the moment you start tackling these uh these 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 beginning stuff will allow you to become financially literate and allows you to go to the next you're like okay this is cool i got a hold of this what's next 100 you know yeah cue yep. it um, yep and and it's you're gonna be able to build from there because now that bethany and i my wife and i have like true control over our finances we want we want to be able to elevate and create generational wealth and that's how Everyone in power pretty much got it, <laughs> unless you and created, you know, you, unless you created something that is technologically just um, superb. Yep. Don't try to create, all right. Don't try to create something new that no one else has ever done before. Yep. You know, um, just and it's funny that you use that. It's funny you use that term generational wealth because that captain I was talking to, that's what he really harped on. Is he's like, well, what do you, what's your legacy? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, legacy. Like, what do you, what are you leaving behind? Like generational wealth, and you know, what are you leaving for the next person? To I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I never thought about that. I was like, I'm just. I was like, I'm trying to get by for me, and yeah, you know. So, but like I said, that's man. I I love talking about investments. I love talking about this <laughs> stuff. It's. It's Same. so much fun, and, and to be honest, you know, bef before I started really getting into it, after and it and it all goes back to that one guy uh, that I flew with, and he just really opened my eyes to keeping track of this stuff and taking just taking it by the reins and just you know running with it, whether you do good at it or not. But just the fact that you're doing something with it is yeah. is better than. Than nothing just letting letting that ten dollar subscription you know that ten dollar a month subscription just go by without you even knowing it was there you know yep. like i said give me give me access to your bank account i'll figure out the ones that you know and i'll just start sending 10 bucks to my account yep yeah but as soon as you're sending me 10 bucks you'll be like well wait a second i don't want to give you 10 bucks and you're like well yep. you get you well, you're paying you're 10 bucks for nothing time. already yeah What's the difference? So, but anyways, to hit us up if you have any questions regarding loans, debts, credit scores, or if you're already established and you want to know what the next step is. So, hundred percent. Cheers to you. Cheers to Jared. Cheers to myself. Cheers, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Thanks for, for watching. With us. Thanks for commenting. I know Thanks we had some good comments. Thanks for listening. We did. You can we find did. us on. Uh, Spotify on Apple on a was it iHeartRadio and if you want to watch us you can find us on YouTube Facebook uh, Twitch. Twitch we're on there 
I don't know if the videos stay. I don't think the videos stay on there. But okay. just go to YouTube, like, subscribe, and follow or whatever. I don't know. Whatever these kids are doing these days. I'm gonna turn this outro music up so I you can't really hear me, me talking anymore. <laughs> See y'all. Play that air guitar. Dalton for singing with us. Cheers. I told my buddy Todd Angel I would name, so I told him I'd work it into the conversation, and then I never did. Todd Angel, Fail. thanks for watching. He's sitting Deuces. in his hot tub. See you. <laughs>